everybody. Back with Figuring It Out with myself, Victoria. And David. And we are so happy to have you guys here with us again. Yeah, I'm actually like, this is this is an episode that I'm fucking stoked for. This is I, another episode. Once I set the topic, David was like, I'm ready to spit some facts on this one. Yeah, we're doing we're doing back-to-back episodes. We just recorded another one, and this one was like, she was like, hey, we got the energy and the time. You want to do another one? She said the topic, and I'm like, fucking roll it, dog. All right, so this is all about being an intrapreneur. So intrapreneur is different from entrepreneur. An entrepreneur usually talks about somebody who has their own small business, their own business. An intrapreneur is somebody who is inside somebody else's yeah so so let's talk about what is what is um a preneur is not its own word but an but an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur are they both do the same things they just do some they just do it for someone else so an entrepreneur solves problems for customers they create a business that solves customers issues that's what an entrepreneur is um, an intrapreneur is someone who is working within a company so that they're not the owner of the company and they're solving problems within the company so entrepreneur you solve problems within the company entrepreneur you're actually the owner of the company you're solving problems for the customers cool. does that make sense yes cool great definition yeah David. Yeah. Giggity, giggity, giggity. <laughs> um, so getting into it, um, this is a pretty heavy topic, I think, because a lot of people um, want to be an entrepreneur. They want to have their own business. They want, and I think that in more recent times, especially be, during and after COVID, because a lot of people were either out of a job or had a lot of time on their hands, they wanted to start their own thing. And so as opposed to what a lot of people were doing is people were kind of veering away from the entrepreneur aspect of things. When sometimes we've seen it happen where some people who became entrepreneurs probably should end up seeing an entrepreneur, you know, it's, it was this kind of like little, you see, little wiggle. Yeah. Like <laughs> little wiggle. I mean, that's the best I don't word. know about that. Well, oh, shit, girl, I can do a little wiggle. What's up? <laughs> so, so that, there were a lot of people, like Victoria said, there was a lot of people during COVID that like became uh, financially independent um, or they tried to become financially independent because they realized that without the paycheck of a company, they're fucked. Yeah, they and didn't so, want to depend on somebody else, mm-hmm. which is totally understandable. Yeah, th- that's very understandable. But the thing is, is that um, 90 was, I think I think the statistic is 98% of people aren't ready or, or they're not um uh, the right type of mindset to be a uh, business owner or entrepreneur. Right. So um, there's a lot of people that like had a fake, not a fake, a false um, hope that they could become an entrepreneur um, and then quickly realize that it takes some fucking grit to be right. a business owner. Right. Um, and not only a business owner, but be, to become, to stick it through and become a successful business owner. Yeah. So I think that there are, there's, um, there was a lot of glory that was stripped from being an employee or being an entrepreneur in a business. And it became like, well, don't talk to me if you don't own a business. Like you don't find entrepreneurs that are big on Instagram or big on social media. But I can tell you one thing. I am fucking sure that there's a lot more people that work within a company that make more money than people who own the companies. Right. So what that means is that if there's a million entrepreneurs, 
that make a million dollars, I can guarantee you that there's probably like five or 10 million entrepreneurs that make a lot of money who work within businesses. Right. So there's a much larger opportunity to work within a business and make a fuck ton of money. And then now we're going to kind of dive a little bit into the strategies on what we actually mean by that. Yeah. So uh, just to give just a brief example, when we're able to talk about this stuff, because you were in retail and, and that's a position of where you have your store associate, your assistant manager, your closer, you know, whatever there's levels, right? Yes. Think of it like a ladder. And then I, myself, and now obviously you own a business. Um, and then myself work within a uh, boys and girls club. And so you went from like a floater to like a staff to like a lead to a director and stuff. So yes. there, you know, so I would say that we're pretty good on like talking about this because we both have experience in we this both, yeah, we both in work, situations. We both work company ladders. And so um, let's talk about a little bit of like the ladder, like yeah. room to grow. Room to grow. And being... In, in a position of working in a company and I guess bringing value to be an entrepreneur. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so like an entrepreneur. So now that we've defined the difference between an entrepreneur and entrepreneur, now let's talk about being um, within a company. So this episode is not about entrepreneurship. So we're not no. going to talk about this. So let's solely focus on working within a company. Yes. So if you are a employee in a company, um, an employee is much different than an, than an entrepreneur. So an employee, which there's nothing wrong with, and it's, it's actually very difficult if you're a hard driver like myself, is that it's very hard to understand that there are a lot of people out there who just don't want to put in 110% effort and are totally fine with staying complacent in their job. Right. So that happens all the time, and that's totally fine if that's how someone wants to live their life. Um, so the difference between an employee and an entrepreneur is that an entrepreneur is someone who um, creates value for their company or for their boss, their uppers, whoever, whatever, you, whatever structure of business you're in. It's someone who's creating value um, significant value within that company. So for example, so like Victoria said, we can talk from experience. I'll talk on mine and then she'll talk on hers. Cause we worked at two separate companies as I worked for a retail sports company, um, where we sold sports apparel. Um, we also did a lot of custom work as well. Um, and so I started at a part-time associate level, um, and I quickly worked up to a part-time manager and then a full-time manager, and then basically like manage the store. Um, and so, uh, along with another manager. And so basically, um, the reason I was able to be moved up quickly is because I was creatively finding ways to bring value to the store. So if we were given a, a guideline on, okay, this is how we want these walls to be organized. We want them to be organized by, let's just say teams, because it was a sports team uh, company. Um, I was like, you know what? I don't like the way that, lo- that wall looks. Um, and so I told my manager, I'm like, let's organize it by color. I think color would look a lot better. Sure enough, the regional manager, the district manager came in for a visit and was like, whoa, like that wall is not supposed to look like that, but that looks way better. Sure enough, next week he sends the whole district an email. We're going to start organizing walls by color because um, the store in, I worked in Camarillo, the store in Camarillo um, did this, this, and this, and it looked way better. So I provided value because I created something that was different, but better for the company. Right. So um, that was my experience um, within like, and that was just one example, but I found a way to create value, um, rather than just following just the basic, uh, standards of work. 
Right. So there, how can you elaborate on that when you worked at the Boys and Girls Club? So when I started at the Boys and Girls Club, I was um, what was called a floater. Basically, you're a sub. So you're picking up just certain hours that people are out for. So basically, one was just taking all the opportunity for any hours available. So whenever it was available, I took it. Um, but I worked my way up in the position that I was because of the fact that I was providing the organization value in terms of creating and establishing um, groups and clubs within the certain site that had never happened before. So for example, um, one year I was in charge of Torch Club, which is like a junior leadership organization. And I was at the Wainimi Clubhouse and um, I had a solid group of kids that were underneath me um, that I helped facilitate. And so our goal was to fundraise to get to Torch Club Conference. And it would have been the first time that the Wainimi Clubhouse went to it. And so we fundraised with the kids. We had meetings. And mind you, this wasn't something that was that had been done at this clubhouse. And so I helped facilitate all of that. We fundraised. We met the goal. We did what we had to do. We took me, my uh, it was myself, and then another coworker at the time took a group of, I think, six or eight kids to Big Bear um, and stayed overnight. I think it was like three days, two nights or something. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And mind you, these are teenagers. <laughs> and so, and myself, I think I was like, like 20, maybe 19 or 20 taking these group of kids. And so by, a by creating this, this club and that was, um, non-existent for a time and giving the kids the resources that the Boys and Girls Club has, but by installing it. And I wasn't asked to do this. I just brought it upon myself to, it got recognized and it was like almost made it as a goal. Like every year we should be able to, we should try to get kids to these types of conferences. I mean, it meant a lot for a nonprofit organization like that because you want these types of youth and individuals to yeah. be exposed to such leadership activities. And especially because it was my first time going to Big Bear and it was a lot of the kids first time going to Big Bear, let alone just a field trip within a nonprofit organization. You don't really hear that. Exactly. So, so, so pause and let's look, let's look at that. So recap. So we both worked in uh, two separate facilities, one nonprofit, one for profit. So no excuses on like, well, will I work for a nonprofit? We don't give a fuck. We, we worked in both. So we had regular standards of work that we were ex expect expected to do every day. So um, whether you work in retail, you work in an office building, you work with kids, you're expected a certain set of standards. We went above and beyond and created her. She created groups, which then she could uh, prioritize her kids and uh, give them leadership skills. In my business um, or in, in the retail that I worked in, I was able to um, organize and create something in the business, which then uh, led to more sales because of certain appearances of the store. Um, or for example, I was able to get jerseys in our store, which increased, which actually brought us, which broke us the $1 million, uh, $1 million a year in revenue, which was like huge because our store in, in 10 years had never, ever re uh, uh, reached that level. So um, we had to set expectations, but we went above and beyond that. But I think now that's a really good, good transition to, um, what it takes to be able to move up in a business. So creating, 
creating value. So we created value before we got paid. So that is super fucking important is that you're going to have to do things in your business um, or shouldn't say in your business, do things in your place of employment for free out of your time and extra work before you get paid for it. Right. So I think that that's super, super, super important is that your boss, a lot of people get this, a lot of people get this fucked up is that let's just say you, you work, let's just say me example, you work retail. I signed up to get paid $18 an hour to do my job. And a lot of people go to work and they're upset that they, that they have to do their job. Like motherfucker, you signed up, you agreed to do these things. Mm -hmm. So when you don't get a raise or you don't get applause from people, it's because you're just doing the bare fucking minimum. You're doing what you, what's what's required of you. And, and, and I, and, and people nowadays get that fucked up where it's like, well, I know I don't get any, you know, like my coworkers get more appraise than I do or, you know, or the, the one thing we fucking hear from everybody because we talk to hundreds of people a day is I didn't get paid enough. So I left early. I didn't get paid enough for this. So I left early or that's not part of my job. Like, how do you expect to get praise or to get a spotlight put on you if you can't even do the bare fucking minimum? Yeah. And, and this is something that, that one of our friends has implemented and he's going to know who he is. Um, and he's an electrician. And so this is something that him and I have talked about over the last year and a half. And it's been pretty amazing to see his growth, not only within his company, because that's just the, 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 that's just the by factor of him doing it, but to see his growth as a person and as a mindset his ability to change. And so like before it was, you work six hours, you work four hours, you take a break and then you go, you fuck off on your break on your phone, you show up, you know, five minutes past your lunchtime, you know, whatever it is. Um, and then you go back to work, you do the bare minimum, you get your stuff done. You know, there are some people out there who go try to hide in the bathroom. And I guarantee these people listening to this podcast right now probably have done this before. Go try to hide in the bathroom, take more breaks than you're supposed to. Right. And now he's gone from, from that, he wasn't probably that bad. I know he wasn't. He's too hard of a worker. <laughs> but he's done the extra now. When his foreman on his on his job says, um, hey, I have an extra job on Saturday. Oh, I'll be there. I'm down for that. Or um, during his lunch. Everyone takes lunch. But he's like, um, hey, I need extra, I need, I need extra hand to help me with this uh, this side piece real quick. Oh, I got you, dude. I'll come help with you, right? And so because of that, his foreman has now seen him as the go-to guy. So he's like, dude, if I, I know I can call on Bob, that's not his name, but I can call on Bob on the weekend. I know that Bob's going to show up and he's going to put in the work and guess what? Now Bob's going to get paid more. Bob's going to get more promotions. Um, Bob's going to get more credit. He's going to get all these things because he's doing the extra. He's not getting paid for it. He's doing the extra, but here's the kicker is that now we can't get fired. And so that's where I think a lot of people forget, like, dude, once you become the person that's go-to, you You're can't get valuable. fired. You're valuable. You are valuable. You're like, I, I can't fire Victoria. You know why? Because I don't want to learn how to fucking use Canva. I don't want to know how to use Canva. Victoria is like a Canva fucking queen. Um, she does our debt collection at our business. So we have a debt collection because you're a gym. So people's cards get hacked. People forget to change their card on file or people forget to transfer money, AKA me. So um, she does that. I 
hate doing debt collection, but she has it down to a system now. She knows exactly when to call, when to send a message, when to reach out via email. So she is like, she has gotten so good at those things where I couldn't fire her. And so that's where our friend, aka Bob, that's where he has become so valuable is because he has done all these side jobs now. So instead of just being an electrician, he knows how to do the panels now. He knows how to order the parts now. He understands how the schedules work now because he volunteered to help with the schedules. So now you're so valuable. Not only are you the first person who's going to get promoted, but dude, you can't get fired. You right. have ultimate job security because you've given more than anybody else. And it sucks. Like it's not fun being the person who shows up earlier and staying later. But I can tell you one thing, it's worth the fucking money. Yeah. And that's not to say that you're doing what you're doing just for the recognition, because we'll know that more often than not, sometimes there's silent recognition. And so while you're not getting a physical, oh, that was a good job or like, oh, thank you for staying extra or whatever, it may not be totally um, communicated with you, but everybody's watching no matter what. Eyes are always on, people are always listening, and people are always talking, right? And so you'll start to find out that even though somebody didn't directly say thank you, they're noticing these things. Why? Because maybe your coworkers or those right above you are letting the upper know, hey, this person is working their ass off. Yes. Like, and so you'll notice if you request time off now, maybe that's going to come easier to you. If another position higher hey. up the ladder opens up, then now you're going to be the go-to that they're going to offer it to first. Or if they don't offer it and you apply for it, they're going to see the name and be like, oh, I know this person works fucking hard. Damn, that's fire right there. <laughs> this is firsthand. This is what happened like in retail. Um, so working retail, you get, one, you get one day off a year. You get Christmas. So like obviously you get your regular days off during the week, but holidays is where you make most of your business at. So in retail, we, we didn't get time off. So I worked, I was always, and these are true stories. So when we say go all in, we literally was like, I was the person in, in my, um, it's funny, my name is David and my, and my manager, his name is David as well. Um, my manager was like, he would always ask, um, on Black Friday, we would, we'd have to come in on Thanksgiving at 5 p.m. So there'd be at least two people that would open on Black Friday um, on Thanksgiving, and then people would come in at midnight, other employees. And he would always ask, like, oh, who's who, who would volunteer? I volunteered every single year I worked at, at that store, I volunteered there. No matter what, Christmas Eve, I volunteered there. No matter what, Fourth of July weekend, I would volunteer. I'll work, I'll work, I'll work. And we didn't get paid double. We only got paid double on a Christmas Eve. But I would still do that. But guess who the fuck got to pick their days off throughout the year? If I wanted my birthday off, dude, I got the whole week off. If I if I wanted 4th of July, if I wanted Thanksgiving off, guess who got it off? I would get it if I wanted it. Because guess who in three years I worked there or two and a half years, I never called out sick once. And that's a true story. I put my hand on a Bible. I never called out once because I didn't believe in that. But guess what would happen is if I had too many sick hours, my manager, David, would come to me and say, hey, David, your sick hours are going to, they're going to come up to a maximum. Let's schedule some, you know, some sick days ahead of time. I want to make sure you, you know, you rest and recover. I want you to have some vacation. And so he would actually help me schedule fake time off because he wanted to reward me for never, ever missing. Because I showed up late one time in like the fucking history of my being there is that the time you got a speeding ticket i got a fucking and guess what i got a speeding ticket for trying to fill in someone else's shift who no called no showed so like 
But but guess what? My manager always knew if he called me, guess who was going to pick up? I was. And this is a true story is that when my manager found out that I was going to open my business, he was like, I want to let you know that when you quit, I'm quitting. And I was like, why? And he was like, I will never, and this is a true story. He's like, I will never find a worker as good as you. He was like, and because of that, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to run the store without you. And so he literally went, dude, he disappeared. Like, dude, when I opened my business and COVID started, I came back to visit the store, like, I don't know, a year later. I'm like, hey, where's David? I'd be like, I don't know, dude. He left after you did. No one ever heard from him again because he literally was like, I'm going to quit. When you, when you quit, because I don't want to run the business. I don't want to run this store without you and shout out to David. Cause he was an amazing guy, but, um, and I haven't talked to him since, but, um, that's the type of person you need to be within your business is within your company is that you need to be so valuable that they literally can't afford to lose you. And then that will give you the negotiation power to ask for a raise, to ask for time off. Dude, guess what's going to happen is that you're making deposits all year long with this company. So you're putting in the extra time, you're showing up early, you're doing the extra work on the projects. And so because of that, when you need to withdraw something from them, you ask your boss, hey boss, I kind of fucked up on this. Guess what he's going to say? No worries, dude. You've been working hard all year. I got you. I got your back on this one. But guess what happens if you if you fuck off all the time? Guess what? You mess up once, you're gonna get fired. Yeah, you're the first one on the chopping block. First, first one on the chopping block. If you're the newest person there, but they can already see the amount of value you're gonna provide, it doesn't matter who's there, who's first, or who's last. That may happen in a union, but in every other job, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Now, so now that we're getting on this topic and it just came to my mind, what about with the people who are in a position, and I'm speaking from experience, people who are in a position where they work their ass off so hard, bring the company so much value, but they are not getting valued as an employee. So what do you do? So give me an example of you're not getting valued. So for example, working your ass off all the time, you're kind of in this position where it's like, it's not, I don't want to say it's not being reciprocated because you don't want to expect recognition. Right. But let's just say you are not being valued as an employee and your time there is, I feel like we're very big proponents on value exchange, right? Yeah. Value exchange. What can we provide to our, um, employer and now being an employer, what value can we provide to our employee? Yes. Right. And so what if that employer isn't providing you the value um you're not feeling appreciated you're not feeling like you're being taken into consideration well that, not- that's that's this is a really good so my brother he uh he had this situation so um if you guys don't know so my brother's an absolute genius and when we say that like he's high functioning autism and so like literally and you would never know that you would never you would never know that uh, but like literally take an iq test and like smarter than albert einstein like he's a fucking genius um and so um he had this where he worked for a company and he was smarter than all of his managers and he was smarter than all of his coworkers. And he never flaunted, like he never, he never, he would only tell us that he would never make that apparent to them. He wanted to be liked by them. So he would go up over, um, above and beyond. And he was in a tech company. Um, and he actually created an AI program, um, to help, uh, catch flaws within their systems and things like that. And his manager, um, 
was a, uh, if you want to call it like little man syndrome, where basically he was afraid of people being better than him. So he would fire people or he would uh, make fun of them in front of other employees, things like that. So my brother tried multiple times to bring this program up to his attention saying, hey, this could save us a lot of money. Um, you should bring this up to the uppers of the organization because this could really be like a, like something good for our business. Um, and he showed it to multiple people, including his manager. And the other people were like, dude, this is brilliant. But his manager was the one who had to say, and he was like, nope, uh, I don't want you wasting your time on this. Don't even do it. Um, and so um, my brother did that multiple times. And he was like, nope, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And then he would uh, waste my brother's time. He would set him up for meetings and then he wouldn't show. Basically, he would disrespect him constantly. Um, and so what did my brother do? So he, he did. He, my brother put in the extra work. So he created these things within the company. So don't don't think that you shouldn't do that. And I'll tell you why. Because he did these things. And once he realized, he took a good look in the mirror and said, is it me? Am I being a baby? Or am I actually being disrespected? I think that's something you need to do. And so he was actually being disrespected. But because he had created those programs and he had done those things within the company, when he was like, all right, dude, fuck it, I'm out. He went and he got a job that was quadruple the pay. And when they asked him, you know, at, at his job interview for this new job, like, why are you leaving the company? He was able to show them these are the things that I created, but they did not value that. So if you just say, you say, all these people are being disrespectful. I'm not going to try. I'm not going to do anything. Just realize when you go to try to do to move up and you go try to do something else. If you have no track record to show that you were actually like, you should have been valued, then the next employer is going to be like, well, we don't really like, uh, I don't see why you actually should have been valued. So you really do have to create value for your company, even if you're being disrespected. But so to answer your question is still create value, but look hard in the mirror and say, you know, am I actually being taken advantage of? Like, do people respect my work ethic here? Am I being um, um, shown, whether it's through a pay increase or through recognition, through vacation time? Am I being recognized within my company? And if you realize, like, no, I'm not being recognized within my company, my uppers above me are very um, complacent. They don't want to, they don't want to leave their position. So I see my, I have no vertical mobility in this company, so I can't move up. It's probably time for you to look at getting to, to going somewhere else, mm -hmm. um, and going to somewhere else. that's a growing company or a growing business, um, or even just to a business that just appreciates you. Right. So you have to look hard in the mirror and being like, um, does this person support me? Do, does my manager or does the owner want me to do good? Um, um, and do they want what's best for me? Do they really want what's best for me? Um, and so that's something that, yeah, you're, you're right. Is that if you're not being valued in a company, you, you have to leave, but take a very hard look. Cause a lot of times people think that it's, you know, other people yeah. and it's not them. No, it definitely gets misconstrued and you don't want to be like, well, they're not valuing me. So I'm leaving. You, you really need to see, okay, like, is it me? Am I taking it too personal or is it just time for me to find a position in a different company that has the ability to value me as an individual. Yeah. Yeah. My, my brother, the new company he's in, not only was it quadruple his pay, but he's already moved up like three times right. because immediately this company is like, holy fuck, this guy's a treasure mind. Why is no one taking advantage of this dude's mind? Mm -hmm. So like that's, that's, that's a good example of like when you do move to a company who can actually take advantage of you, who understands your value, 
um, if you're a hard worker, they're going to notice that right away. Yeah. So you, but, but it all goes down to, you have to put in the extra work. And so that's where becoming an entrepreneur is so important is because do when you're the, someone who creates a new system or who creates new value for the company, whether it's for customers, you bring in new sales or you create something, a new product within the company, like you're basically bulletproofing yourself from ever getting fired. A lot of people I think are super quick to be like, I'm worth this, but they never have anything to show for it. Exactly. And so um, I think that's something that gets misconstrued a lot. And then especially because you hear it's like, well, they don't appreciate me here. Okay, well, what are you doing? Exactly. Well, that goes down to like, they don't appreciate you here. Like, but if you take, if you take Billy and Bob, Right, that's a real hillbilly name, but Billy and Bob. Oh, Billy and Billy and Bob. Oh, I thought you said Billy and Bob. Billy and Bob. Let's say Billy and Robert. So Billy and Robert sign up for the same job. Okay. Right. They're they're both. Um, let's just all let's just say they're both. Uh, they both wash cars. Okay. So they're both car people who car, uh, wash cars. Billy washes a car just fine, right? And he's doing his job, but Robert not only washes the car, but he also vacuums the inside and decides to, to detail the wheels, right? He's not getting paid extra for it. He's not getting extra recognition from his boss, but his boss is taking note that he's doing more than what's expected. And so because of that, when uh, times get slow and maybe the, the, um, owner needs to cut hours, he's going to cut Billy's hours because he knows that Robert's putting the extra time. He's learning how to do new, he's acquiring new skills. He's going to be someone that um, is going to help the business grow when the time comes. And so you can't just do, well, you can just do what's expected of you if you're okay with being stagnant. If you're okay with being in the same position, not getting paid anymore, then that's fine. Yeah. But if, if you expect to get paid more and you expect, um, to be looked at as a leader within your business. If you want more roles, responsibilities, if you want to get promoted, just expect that you need to go above and beyond. Yeah. Now I like that example and I know we're not supposed to be talking about entrepreneurship, but it just had me thinking, um, is you were saying that Robert provided this car wash service with extra items, right? Yes. And so now that customer is taking note of it. And so I think that's a little gem for like business owners is that you provide above and beyond for your customer that they'll take notice of it and they will remember you as the person that not only washed their car, but as the person who went the extra mile to do the tires and vacuum the seats as well. Am I right? Yes. So that, that, and that can go hand in hand for entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship. When I worked in retail um, at that sports store and we did custom embroidery, I would go above and beyond. So although um, technically store policy wasn't that you were supposed to be doing free embroidery for people. If someone got one thing on their hat and they wanted to get it on the other side, I'd be like, I got you, bro. Like, don't even worry about it. It's on me. Cost the company 10 cents. But guess what? That customer now would come back 
every time to our store to get that embroidery. He wouldn't go to the other competing companies. He would go to us because we went above and beyond for him. Right. Same thing is he, dude, I had people that try to give me tips, like large tips for doing big orders. Oh, do you threw in this for free for me? I want to, you know, I want to do this, this, and this. And it was like, no, like, it's all good. But I was valued by the customer. And then as a business owner, if you're an entrepreneur, if you go, go, go above and beyond, then yeah, for sure. You're going to like, you're going to, your customers are going to be more willing to cut you slack. So we go above and beyond all the time for our customers. That like, that's our goal. It makes us feel really good and it makes our customers happy. So guess what happens is that when we maybe don't have a roll of paper towels in for five minutes because we're in the bathroom and we're using the restroom. Our customers are not, not going to write a bad review because it's like, dude, we see how hard David and Victoria work. If they do one thing wrong, it was probably an accident. But if we're always doing something wrong every single day, they're going to be like, they're fuck offs. So yeah. So when you go above and beyond, people are going to cut you a lot better slack. And they're also going to be willing to stick with you through the hard times. Right. And I I saw that at the Boys and Girls Club, like, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, There was a youth there who um, basically we, I don't want to say fought tooth and nail, but we wanted to make sure he stayed within the program after school and that he wasn't going around and going to the streets with people his age. And Mm -hmm. so we, or I as as a, a staff there, um, noticed, took into account that he would always wear hats. That was his thing. Um, his letter started with the letter A. And so I told David, cause he was working at Lids and I said, Hey, I want you to make this hat for me and put his last name on the side embroidered. And I bought it and I gave that kid that hat. And after that, it was not only did I earn the respect of the teen, not that I needed to, mm-hmm. but he showed up consistently. So she got him out of the she got him out of the dangerous place he was at. And I'm it it almost made sure that it was I mean obviously with the help of other um, staff members and basically showing that showing this youth that you cared about them exactly. and you provided a safe space for them. Yep. And you gave them something that was meaningful is it allowed him to show up every single time after school when we were open, which was the goal because our goal was to make sure he wasn't on the streets doing graffiti or getting into trouble that he wasn't supposed to. And on the flip side, whenever he looked at that hat, it was an immediate reminder Mm -hmm. of Miss Victoria from Boys and Girls Club got me this hat. And so it's like when he, let's just say he, if he were to look in the mirror, it would be like, it, it resonates with boys and girls club, safe space, people care. Yeah. And it, it'll translate, you know, yeah. and that's just one example. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that, that's a, that's a gold key right there for a lot of people is like, um, a lot of times customers, um, they obviously they care about the product, but a lot of times customers just want to know that you care about them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times just by showing a customer that you care about them. So learning their name, looking them in the eyes and you talk to them, shaking their hand, um, buying them a special gift, even if it's something small, they will respect you. They will stick with you more as a customer because they know you care about them. Yeah. And the, the expectation is not to do it because you're expecting them no. to. It's purely because 
you really do just care. Or you're excited for them. Right. We do, we do that all the time in our business is that when, it, when, a, when someone tells us something that sticks out, hey, I just got a new place. It's like, okay, cool. Let me go buy you some cool looking coasters or a present. Or like I just did a podcast on Friday with a, with someone who invited me on a podcast and I fucked with his vibes. He's a super cool dude. The set crew that he had there was awesome. And I was like, dude, this was like a really cool experience. So I, I it, it, because he gave me a good experience, I came back and I was like, damn, I want to give this guy a care package because he gave me such a good experience. And so that's, that's like, that was the flip side. I was basically his customer, but on the flip side of things as me, as, as a, um, an entrepreneur, I'm like, how do I leave an impact on him? How does, how do I make sure that it's not just like it send him a text message? Hey dude, thanks for having me on your podcast. Like that's the bare minimum, but how can I go above and beyond for him? So that's how we did that. We sent him a really cool house against care package. So like, that's once again, you're expected to do the bare minimum. But if you go above and beyond, that is how you make an impact on people's lives. Right. And that is how you make yourself irreplaceable. So what is the definition of being irreplaceable? It's harder to be replaced. Not that you can't be replaced. No, I was, I was, thinking, about, I was thinking about my favorite book. Oh, oh, guys, come on. I don't know why. I have it right here. She has it written down on her notebook. So David's favorite word, his favorite book that he's ever read is that you are a linchpin. A linchpin. So the book Linchpin uh, by Seth Godin. Seth Godin is a fucking goat. Um, being a linchpin. So what is a linchpin? A linchpin is um, a piece of a machine, um, a, even as small as a pin. So a small pin or a set screw um, in a massive machine. But if you take out that one pin, the machine will fall apart. And Perfect it, example. I have this springy pin. Once the spring comes out, can't use the pen. It doesn't work. Right? You would think like, oh, well, the most important part of that pen is probably the actual ink. Well, no, if no. you don't have a spring, you can't use the pen. Yeah. So so the best way to, to basically solidify yourself in a company is become a linchpin. Become the part of the company where literally if they if they lose you, they did they wouldn't know what to do. Yes. Read that book. That is an out of out of the hundreds of books or whatever, like dozens and dozens and dozens of books that we've read, that is the one that I literally will buy for people. Cause I'm like, if this can if there's anything that will change your life, read Lynchpin by Seth Coden. It remains at the top of my list out of all the books I've read. Still keep reading it over and over and over again. Cause it will give you the guidelines on how to become irreplaceable with where you're at. Yeah. Yeah, I fuck with this dude. I knew this episode was gonna be good because, like, I'm all about this shit, dude. Like, it's it's like entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, like, because because entrepreneurship is about working hard, and mm -hmm. I love to work really hard. So, like, to me, it's like, um, it be this is this is second nature to me. Like, these are things that I wouldn't, I didn't think that I would have to explain to people. So, oh, last, well, one of the last things, really important, be careful on. Um, not working hard because and, and and using that as a way to make yourself seem cooler and better um, because you never know who's listening. So we have a lot of people that come into our business and I'm like, oh, you're day off today. Yeah, I'm just playing hooky. It's like, oh, cool, cool. But in the back of my mind, guess what happens when we open up job applications? Bet your ass I'm not hiring that person. So just remember that people take notice. It's not your boss. It's your family. It's your kids. It's the people around you. Mm -hmm. And so when your kids see you take time off, when you see, when they see you play hooky and call and call out sick, 
guess who's going to be the first person to not want to go to school? It's going to be your kid because you're setting an example for everybody else around you. That's good. So you you have to be better, uh, a better person, a better em- employee, um, a better linchpin, um, because it has a ripple effect on everybody else around you. And then guess what happens when you get good? Your fucking team becomes killers. Yeah. And then now all of a sudden, now instead of you guys being the base level the base level sales team, now you guys are all uppers in your company. You guys are all fucking killing it. So just remember the ripple effect that it has on everybody else. It's not just yourself. It's the example you set for everyone else. Damn. That's it. <laughs> We're done. That's it. Done. That was good. Yeah. No. I don't want to go over time. This is a little bit longer, but I think that this was probably, this is probably going to be one of the best episodes that we ever do. I think it's relatable. It's, it's extremely it's, it's relatable. relatable. Because especially people our age who are figuring it out yeah. is not everybody's an entrepreneur. Dude, and, it's okay not to be an entrepreneur. It's okay. Trust me, I would rather work a nine to five or an eight to four as opposed to eight to eight on a Monday. <laughs> Dude, she she has been she's been in the dirt with me. She saw what it was like when I was working from five forty five in the morning to midnight to tw- like literally twenty hours a day. It's not fun, but you know what is fun is that being an entrepreneur, you get to make a fuck ton of money if you move your way up in a company. And guess what? You get to go home at the end of the day and not worry about the business. Correct. You get to take vacations. You get to have a family. It's a lot funner to be an entrepreneur than it is to be an entrepreneur, and you can still make a shit ton of cash. Be valuable. Be valuable, and you'll never get fucking fired. Straight up. All right. That was a good one. That was a really good one. Good job, I'm, man. I'm really happy. Seriously, guys, um, if you like the episode, please um, share it. Uh, with friends on your social medias, um, but only if you find that it was valuable. Um, if you didn't find anything valuable in this, please send us a message. Let us know what we can improve on. Let us know topics that you can find that would be valuable towards you. Um, even situations, so not even just topics. You're like, yeah. hey, David, we ran into this situation at work or at home. What do you, how think? Do you guys? How do you guys deal with this stuff? Yeah, just let us know. We're open. Um, again, we're not any experts. We're just here figuring it out. Cool. All right. All right, guys. Episode, I think it was at number five, four or five. I don't really know yet because it's like super late at night and we're tired, but um, appreciate you guys. Yeah. Thanks for another episode with Figuring Out. We'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Peace. <laughs>